Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. problem and facebook we're live so this is all going well so far so far so good um now the question on everyone's lips is how do i see those questions <laughs> right it's okay i'm a professional and i'm going to work with it because oh here's the question thing oh there you go i've got it i've got it look at that i've got four five oh my god i've got five i've got five questions on instagram already look at that there's me why I didn't have any questions. Anyway, I'm just going to assume, I'm not going to do the old, is the, is the, you know, sound working and everything. I'm not going to do that. But is it? Is the sound working? Hello? Is the sound working? Okay, we'll just assume it is, shall we? I'm waving, I'm waving frantically at anyone who's waving at me. Right. Um, look at this. Where are we at? What we're we doing? And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do these questions because I can see me. Right. Okay. This is a no. Here we go. Uh, yes. Thank you, Tracy. Sound is working. That is what we need. A little bit of interaction. That's what we need. And I know what you're thinking, Tracy. You're thinking, where's the thing that says what's going on? Well, there it is. Okay. Just as you thought it, it appeared. Live Q and A with this guy right here. Okay. So um, you, Catherine says you. Yes, I can hear. Blimey, not many people. A lot of people are responding to the question. No one usually responds. I just stand here. Hope to God it is working. Okay, so um, I've got to be honest. I'm surprised. I've got some questions on Instagram. I'm I'm I'm, I'm constantly surprised by Instagram. Um, right, how to avoid? What can I can I press on it? Oh my God, has that question just come up on Instagram? It's come up on my screen. How to avoid the Rick? of stretch marks with breast enlargement. That is assuming the size of breast implants chosen is sensible. Right. Um, God, cancel, what have I done there? So, um, how to avoid the risk? I think that's risk. Um, yes, risk of stretch marks. A lot of people worry about stretch marks with breast implants and the, I've got to be honest, it's not a big problem for me. Um, I can safely say I can think of two patients who have had stretch marks and it's not even been that bad with them. They have settled. So it's not, it's not like it's happening very often. And I think that is because I don't use huge implants. I think if you use very big implants, you would run that risk. I tend not to go for those big ones that you see on, um, you know, on, on, on when you're checking your Yahoo emails and they get those photos at the side. No, is it just me? Okay, maybe I'll just get those photos. But you know what I'm saying, the big ones, really big ones. I don't go for really big ones. It's not really my bag. So um, I, I guess the answer is don't stretch the skin too much. So um, so the question was, how do you avoid the risk of um, stretch marks, assuming you go sensible? I think if you go sensible with the implants, it's less likely. Now, having said that, I do go sensible with the implants and I have had two cases, so it's not zero. As with a lot of these things, 
the risk is not zero, but it's not a huge risk. And I would probably be more worried about other things because there are other risks. Um, so I would be worried about other things before I would be worried about stretch marks, but it's in the mix. It's in the mix and it's something to be aware of that they can happen. But I think if you go sensible, it's less of a thing uh, and less of a less of an issue. Um, so it's not high on the list of things. There are other things on the list that I would be more worried about than stretch marks. But I, I do think a lot of people worry about it more over and above how common it is. Um, uh, how do you get an appointment to see me? Oh, that's nice. Well, GB Murphy, you can phone or you can email or you can book it online, GB Murphy. Stianoplasticsurgery.co.uk is the website. And you can book it online. And there's a question about why there's so many options when you book it online. But you can book an online appointment. We're doing virtual stuff like this, you know. Um, oh, where are you and me, South Africa? Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Birmingham. Oh, that's Lynn. That's someone else. Oh, so, so I'm in Birmingham for a start off um, in UK, United Kingdom. Uh, Lynn Emerson, too. Nose broken. Yeah, I also don't do noses, Lynn Emerson, too. So I don't do noses and I'm not in South Africa. So I'm probably not your first choice uh, of surgeon. Uh, probably surgeons who do broken noses and surgeons in South Africa would be above me. Um, uh, plastic surgeons like myself do do um, noses, but I don't. I, I do breast and body. So you would be looking for a plastic surgeon. Oh, UK. Where are you and me, South Africa? Yeah, look for a plastic surgeon, Lynn, and look for someone who does a lot of noses. I don't do any noses, um, so they're quite a quite a niche in themselves, noses, to be honest. Um, right, Amy wants advice on best treatment for keloid scars, already tried injections. Amy, you are in the right place because that is my first question on my preordained questions. So, Amy, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about that after the break. Um, but we definitely will be talking about keloid scars. And not only that, Amy, I've got some photos. And Khan is here, long time no see, Khan. Nice to see you. Olivia is here. And Olivia's in Turkey Lurkey. Look at that, Turkey Lurkey. And Olivia can't hear. Oh, great, Olivia. I, some people can hear. Olivia, is, in, is your... Um, is your sound turned on? I don't want to be, I don't want to, oh, can now. Okay, there you go. Right, well, good. Awesome. Thank goodness for that. So I just don't want to lose track of these questions here because I've got some more questions here. Oh, they go, this is really good. When will you start operating at Solihull and Birmingham? Um, I don't know, Natty Runs. I honestly don't know. Uh, it's It's a real problem. It's a real problem. And as you probably know, um, if unless you've been hiding, things are looking not great in terms of the hospital's um, capacity. So the whole issue, the reason I'm not operating in Solihull and Birmingham is because the NHS is being overrun with all the COVID. So they're doing elective or planned work in the private hospitals in Solihull and Birmingham. And so they're not allowing um, people like me um, to do sort of elective or planned private work, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, can't argue with that. Um, so, um, so when will I start? I don't know. Um, as you, if as you might be aware, I've said in the past that it's going to be January because that's what they've said to us. It's going to be January. Uh, I'm not so sure now. 
to be quite honest with you. They, that what they said was the NHS contract ends in January, but of course they could renew it, couldn't they? Um, I don't know if they've got, uh, I don't know what, you know, where it stands in terms of renewing. Um, so they told us we'd be back to normal in January, but do you think so? I don't think so. Um, I am operating and I am doing GA. We have got GA facilities and uh, and local installation, but um, not in the private hostels that I normally work at. So um, there are other places where people I know who've got um, who've got facilities. But when I don't know what to say, Natty, they're gonna they're telling me January, but I don't believe it. Easter, I don't know. Sooner than that, I don't know. Who knows? Um, losing sight of the UK. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Um, how do you go? Oh, we've done that one. Sorry, is my arm across? Uh, come and come, come and Benoni and Rinfield come. Covid dam, Maxine Yippie, midwife, sister, nurse, hard work, blonde hair. Lynn Emerson too. I don't know if you're in the right place. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know if you're in the right place. This is brought. This is mainly plastic surgery related to Q and A. Not quite sure what what whether that's relevant for you but if it is please stay here if not then um good luck with that but um yeah oh what's going on here i've recently seen your magical work <laughs> my magical work how neat are your tummy tuck scars and belly buttons my husband was even really impressed and that's a hard thing to do um facebook if you didn't hear that um that's on instagram kim and family have recently seen my magical work and how neat my scars and belly buttons are. So uh, that's the sort of endorsement we need, Kim. Um, thank you for that, Kim. Very kind. Uh, what Michelle also interested in keloid scars and my arms quite bad since having an arm lift. Where are you operating then? Um, lol, did you did you see my mad morphine deal email? JJ, sorry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, so. We are getting, so thank you, Kim. That's very kind, very kind to get a bit of positivity there. Thank you, that's nice. Um, what should I do? Should I do my keloid questions? Oh, I've got more questions here. I'm gonna do my keloid questions because we're getting keloids. We've got keloid people in the um, in the Facebook. So let's do keloid. So this is the question here. So this is spe specifically, specifically from a patient who has got these keloids and have they asked? Oh, I had the letter up. Here we go. Here's the letter. Uh, tag removed from the breast, not sutured, and gallbladder removed. That's right. That's right. A few years ago. That's right. Okay. So um, we've got some scars here. Um, uh, oh, I don't know how I can do this. Sorry, Instagram. I feel bad. I'm showing on Facebook. You know what? I could show. I have shown photos on Instagram, but I'm not. I'm prepared on Facebook, but I'm not on Instagram. Um, so Facebook. What do you think? Whoops. Oopsie. Whoop. Loop. Loop. Anyway, what's the best one? Do you think? I think that one. That one. Um, oh, I'm off to the side. So. Um, Facebook people, Instagram people, um, tonight, 
What's that going to mean? Anyway, Instagram people, there's keloid scars on Facebook. Anyway, um, so basically there's uh, two scars. Can you probably can't see my... So the middle photo, you probably can't see my arrow. The middle photo shows a, a scar from a keloid from a... Um, gallbladder removal so that's a small scar and that's because that's gone quite red and lumpy that's more of a traditional hypertrophic scar i would say the one on the breast is um quite thickened quite raised and it says it was from a skin tag or something that wasn't sutured so that's a bit of a that, that's a, that's the, the the worry with keloid scars the worry with keloid scars is that the scar will get bigger than the original injury that's the one of the issues with keloid scars you end up with a scar that's bigger than the original scar uh, and that's the one of the big differences between a keloid scar and a hypertrophic scar so a hypertrophic scar the scar is just where the uh, initial injury was and, and it's red and lumpy a keloid extends out with the margins of the original um, scar the original uh, injury and that one on the breast looks like you know if it was quite a small thing and it's gone big that is a worry and this patient has contacted me and this patient has had uh, silicone dressings and it has been used in silicone dressings and they haven't helped and I've said the next step is steroid injections which are which is the sort of next step in the hierarchy so the first step is massage moisturizing bit of pressure uh, is the first step. If that doesn't work, you can move on to silicone dressings, which can come as sheets or can come as a gel on areas like this. The sheet might be helpful if you can, particularly on the breast, if you can keep it on with your bra. Uh, if you can't keep it on, if it's on the face or on your ear or somewhere where you can't keep a silicone sheet on, then the gel can be useful. If that doesn't work, the next step is silicone um, dressings. So it is steroid injections. So once you use the the, the, um, the silicone the next step is is uh, is steroid injections the the problem or the the issue this patient has is that she wants me to cut it out because she doesn't want to come for a, a steroid injection if the steroid injection isn't going to work she wants to go straight to cutting out and i completely understand that and i get where she's coming from and i do feel a bit bad because well it's not like i feel bad i mean we we charge for obviously well we charge for everything basically don't charge for follow-ups but you know we charge for um uh because uh, the first thing is this i mean i don't know if the nhs will treat this but if, if, if you're having it done privately certainly if you're having it private with me it's 200 pounds for a steroid injection and you often have to repeat it i usually do a course of three uh, about six six weeks or so apart and then leave it for a few months um so I understand where you're coming from on this one, because I think she's saying, look, I don't want to pay £600, like on three steroid injections, and what if they don't work and I have to have it cut out anyway, then that's a waste of money. Totally understand that. Where I'm coming from is you've got to do the best treatment for the situation. And the best treatment is once you've used silicone dressings, the best next step is steroid injections. And I totally understand that it might not work, but that is the right thing to do. So, you know, my advice is I think you should do steroid injections next is my advice because it might work. And if it works, then that's fine, because the problem is if we go to the step after that, which is excision, the risk of doing excision is that it can come back worse. And you often can combine an excision with steroid injections. We do what's called an intralesional excision where we leave a little rim of the keloid um, behind once we've done the excision so we're only cutting and stitching within the keloid scar and then we use steroid injections for that little rim but 
I would feel uncomfortable going straight to excision without trying steroid injections because if the steroid injections work, you might not need excision because excision has got a higher risk. Every time you go up the hierarchy, you're increasing the risk. The risk with silicone dressings and massage and pressure less. Once you move up to steroid injection, there are risks with that. You can inject it too deep, in which case you can get fat necrosis, kill the fat and scar sits in a dent dent you can inject it too 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 superficially in which case you kill the skin and get a little ulcer so there are risks with doing steroid injections although they're not that bad and then if you move up to intralegal uh, excision then the risks are greater because it can come back bigger than the original um scar so if you if you like for instance one of the breasts which is quite a big one by the way um the one on the breast the one on the breast is um if that's from a little injury and there's more formed a big scar if then i then cut it out and give a big scar then that big scar could form an even even bigger keloid so it's intralegal excision is risque so i wouldn't feel comfortable moving to intralegal excision without trying steroids oh, sorry about that did i did i yawn live on tv then um i would <laughs> i would do steroid injection next and i know it, it just feels uncomfortable and this is a problem with doing private medicine if it was in the nhs there'd be no question but when you're paying for it, I understand how you might say, I don't want to waste my money on steroids if it's not going to work. You know, you can't guarantee it's going to work. Well, no, I can't guarantee it's going to work. And you might waste your money on it, but you might not. It might work. From a medical point of view, the right thing to do now is steroid injections. If that doesn't work, then to do intralegal excision. And I know if it doesn't work, you're going to turn around and say, oh, you're a money grabber. You've done steroid injections just because you wanted the money. I'm not. I didn't just want the money. I just thought it was the right thing to do because it could have worked. And we want to be positive and hope it does work because if it does work, then happy days. We don't need an excision. I would like to do that. I would like to do steroid injections and then hopefully we won't need an excision. That's where I am on it. Kim and family. Um, says why do keloids happen we don't know kim and family there's no animal model model for it we don't really know there's a huge amount of research on it but we don't really know is the easy answer what's going on sorry i missed stuff how much breast question mark laughing will getting rhinoplasty at a teenage have more changes than usual due to aging don't think so no uh, but you do want to wait until you finish growing have before having any sort of surgery uh, but I don't think it will have more changes than usual due to aging changes to the nose. No, I, d I don't, don't think so, but you've got to be careful having surgery as a teen, as a teenage anyway. And I think most people don't want to wait till you're a bit older. Um, Olivia, is that a yet? Yeah, hold on a minute. What's going on here? Let's get rid of those photos. So I hope that's been helpful about the kilo scar. Is that a yes? Is what a yes? Simone Lake. Uh, hi, I'm really wanting to have breast reduction surgery. What's the ideal BMI to have this done? Good question, Simone. Thank you for asking that question. And the answer to that question is twofold, Simone. Number one fold is an absolute value for BMI, and that is 30. When they've done studies, they've said if your BMI is less than 30, you're going to have a lower risk of complications than if your BMI is above 30. So as a sort of general ballpark, we say if your BMI is less than 30, you can have a better result than if it's above 30. If it's above 30, you might have more risk of complications. But the second part, which I think is, you know, equally, if not more important, is you want to be comfortable and stable with your weight. So I don't think anything magic happens at 30. But I do think that the lower your BMI, the less risk of complications and the better result you're going to get. So basically get your BMI as low as you can or as low as you want to and to be stable with your weight. Because what you don't want to do is to have weight fluctuations after surgery, Simone. You don't want to get your weight 
you know, to a certain level and then put on weight afterwards. Or you don't want to say, oh, my, my and, and I understand this. People say my breasts are so big, it's very hard to exercise and I can't get my weight down. Once I've had my breast reduction, then I'll be able to lose weight. If you do that, you're going to have, first of all, you're going to have more risk of complications because you're having surgery at a higher rate of weight. But secondly, part of a breast reduction is a lift. You're tightening the skin as well as reducing the volume. And if you tighten that skin and make it, you know, make it as tight as you can and, and give that lift part of the surgery, and then you go on to lose weight afterwards, you might have a bit of a, a bit of a droop. Your skin, you know, your skin might, you know, you might lose volume, but not skin. And that might cause a bit of a droop, which isn't great. And uh, if you'd lost the weight first, I could have made it tighter. So you're better off losing your weight first, getting your weight right and where you're comfortable. Ideally, a BMI less than 30. It's not written in stone. I have operated on people with a BMI above 30. Um, and similarly, even if your BMI is below 30, if you're not comfortable with your weight and you want to get lower, get it lower first. Don't think, oh, good news, my BMI is 29, I can have my surgery now. If your goal weight is BMI 25, which is what we, we should all be aiming for, though I know that it's, you know, it's pretty tough to get a bit that, but that's what the sort of normal weight is. Um, if that's your goal weight, then you should try and get it there before having surgery. Because if you have it at 29, have a breast reduction and then lose weight, you might have a droop. And also you might lose volume and your breast might be too small then. It's hard to uh, predict what's going to happen to the size of your breasts. Cause it's unpredictable what happens to the size of your breast with weight loss. So you ideally want to avoid fluctuations after surgery. So I uh, hope that's uh, hope that's answered that question. Uh, what is going on here? Why do you give a breast lift star? Nice comment there, DMAFXX. Thank you for that comment. Uh, Simone, Amy, Joanna Williams. I'm speaking for my husband. He's already tried steroid injections and it hasn't worked. It's still growing. It makes him so sad. Really need help, but struggling to find anyone. All right. Okay. Well, Amy, if you've tried steroid injections, and yes, the next step might be intralesional excision, it would certainly be worth a discussion about that, uh, Amy. But uh, yeah, if you've tried steroids and they haven't worked, um, then yes, steroid injection would be the next. But I've got to be honest with you, Amy, there's a risk it can come back worse. That's why we are a bit anxious about doing steroid injections. You'll find surgeons, you know, we're a bit, because we, God knows we don't want it to come back worse. So as I say, usually you do what's called an intralesional steroid injection where you debulk the keloid, leave a little rim of keloid behind, and then do steroid injections into that residual little bit to avoid cutting into normal skin. We don't want to cut into normal skin. We only cut keloid skin. So um, did you read the email? It's plagued me all with worry all week. Um, I don't I don't think so, Olivia. No, I don't recall a, an email that I would be worried about. Don't worry, Olivia. Don't worry. Seely, good evening, dude. I wear three sports bras to exercise. It's the only way. There you go. You heard it here first. Seely wears three sports bars to exercise. I mean, what on top of each other, Seely? Does that is that necessary? Three? Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Simone, that's fab. We'll be seeing you next year. Okay, Simone, <laughs> don't rush. Don't want to rush. I look forward to seeing you next year, Simone. God knows we'll be in spacesuits then, probably. What about laser? Laser for keloid. Laser is good for red things. So laser may help if the keloid is red, Amy. Um, but laser's not good for keloids in general. So razor's good. Uh, laser's good. Razor. Laser's good for red scars. If you've got a red scar, then um, laser might help. 
but specifically for a keloid, um, I mean, there's different types of laser. So some lasers will target the red pigment. So if you have a red scar, um, there are lasers that are ablative lasers, like a CO2 laser. And a CO2 laser is a bit like a knife, really. So you can cut a keloid out with a CO2 laser. So you could sort of treat a, a, a keloid in that way with a laser. So yes, laser could be a thing that you could use um, for a keloid. But yeah, that would still be like an intralegional excision type thing. So yes, that might be an option, but I don't do laser, Amy. So I'm not the I'm not the laser guy. That ain't me, Celia. I'm 34 double G. Yes, it is. So there you go. If you're 34 double G, three sports bras the only way to go. I do heat every two time. Sorry, every day two times, 15 minute sets with five minutes rest in between. But def lose weight before boobs. There you go. That's the sort of third party endorsement we need. Celia agrees with me. Lose weight before boobs and the 15 minute sets with a five minute rest is is um, one way to do it. Uh, so there you go. Who'd have thought it? Right now, Instagram. I'm not I have not lest we forget. Lest we forget the questions. Here we go. Tori has got um, hi. Um, do you still believe that? implants are safe all i read is so negative yeah i get you i feel you i feel you sister i feel you there's a lot of negativity about implants isn't there do you still believe breast implants are safe well what do we say to that question um it's it's an emotive subject tori and people get very emotive about it and will say oh you're doing terrible things or use implants aren't safe and they cause terrible things and it's all awful because this person had an implant and they had a terrible thing happen i mean there are risks with having implants you know uh, fact yeah i mean there's risks with everything i mean we've just been talking about keloids the most common form of cosmetic surgery in the world if you like is pierced ears Pierced ears can get keloids and they look awful and they're terrible. Very, you know, very rare in terms of numbers of people who have pierced ears versus numbers of people who have keloid scars. Very low. But it's a risk. There's risks with any surgery and there are risks with breast implants. So, you know, I don't know what to say when you say, do you believe that breast implants are still safe? Yes, I do. I don't think they're dangerous. I think breast implants are safe. Having said that, you can get complications if you have breast implants. You know, I'm not saying that you won't have a complication. I'm not saying you won't come to come to harm. You might come to harm. You might have a complication if you have a breast implant in the same way that you might have a complication if you have any surgery whatsoever. I think I can safely say any surgery whatsoever, you could come to harm. Now, that doesn't mean that surgery isn't safe. That doesn't mean that, you know, I don't know what you want to think about cataracts or hip replacements or any surgery, you know, any surgery you can think of, gallbladder removals, you know, any surgery that any surgeon does runs the risk of complications and, uh, and, and you might have an unfavorable result. And breast implants is certainly no uh, different. Having said that, there's, the, the risk of complications with breast implants is extremely low. But you're absolutely right. All you ever read about is the is the negativity. You read an awful lot of negativity about breast implants. And so what I would say to you and what I would say to anyone thinking of having breast implants is you've got to weigh it up. 
you've got to weigh up the pros and the cons. And if the cons outweigh the pros, then for goodness sake, don't have it done. Absolutely no problem. Don't have it done. If you don't want a complication, if you don't want to risk, don't have breast implants. There's an absolutely very clear free choice out there. You don't have to have an implant if you are worried about the complications. Well, not if you're worried about it. I think everyone's worried about it. But if you feel that that risk outweighs the benefits you're going to get from it. And that's the thing. That's the nubbins. People do get benefit from breast implants. And I think that is the that is what people lose sight of when they go and on about how bad implants are and how terrible they are and how naughty I am as being a person putting implants in people which could make them come to harm and how I should be doing something more um, needy and being doing something more, you know, spending my time doing open heart surgery rather than doing this stupid surgery which shouldn't be done. And I think the reason that the, the thing that people are missing is that actually breast implants do improve people's quality of life. And I, and I think, you know, from anecdotally and scientifically, they've been shown to make people happier and feel better about themselves. Now, you could argue and people do argue that you shouldn't feel bad about your body and we should be happy as we are. And it's terrible that these people are propagating this and what have you that's a bigger thing you know and i i would love us not to be worried about our bodies and you know not be um feel feel that we have to do things to change our bodies but you know it's what it is we wear make well i say we wear makeup people wear makeup um hope it's not too thick you know my makeup at the moment but you know people wear makeup and they wear clothes and, you know, they have they cut their hair and they have cool haircuts like this. You know, they look cool. You know, Jason Statham haircut. You know, people people feel good when they feel that they are looking slick like myself. <laughs> you know, people and they do. All right. They do. Um, so that is the nubbins. So if you don't think you're going to get that much benefit from it and you think, hold on a minute, I don't want all these bad things to happen to me or don't have it done because then they can guarantee those bad things won't happen to you but you won't get the benefits from having breast implants so yeah perhaps i spoke a bit too long but it is something that's close to my heart because i think it is very easy for people to be uh, to get a headline to say look implant causes can breast implants cause cancer breast implants kill people breast implants you know cause all these terrible things you know, and yeah, yeah, they do. You know, and I, the, the reporter um, spoke to me a while ago. It was this year saying, isn't it? Or maybe it wasn't this year. Was it this year? Anyway, she said, isn't it terrible? You, you, we, we, we are putting these implants in our women, our women, and um, and they're dying. Women are dying. It's terrible from, from this uh, ALCL. Uh, which is a type of cancer associated with implants. And, and on the face of it, you think, crikey, that's awful. Putting breast implants in them. People are dying. From that's, that shouldn't be, that can't be allowed. Surely, you know, you can un understand how people get outraged about that. And that you could think that's terrible. But then actually you look at the statistics and you look at the figures and you look at the risks and you look at how common people are dying having breast implants in. And actually, it's not very common. And... People are dying driving in cars. People are dying crossing the street. People are dying doing a lot of things 
that we take for granted every day. And there's a risk with everything. And, you know, there's a paper we looked at the risk of skiing, for instance, saying if you go skiing for a week, I think it was your risk of dying is twice your risk of dying if you have breast implants in for life. So, um, you know, you could say, look at this terrible thing we're doing. We're putting these big, long, flat things on our feet and going hurtling down snow-covered mountains, and people are dying. You know, our women are dying, our men are dying even from that. You know, it's a terrible thing. We must outlaw it, um, and we must ban it instantly because it's a stupid thing to do, to go down an icy slope with a long, you know, piece of wood or whatever they're made out of on your foot. They're probably not made out of wood these days, are they? Well, they fiberglass. Anyway, you know, so should we outlaw skiing because people are dying skiing and coming to great harm skiing? Uh, and certainly the risk of skiing is certainly a lot worse than the risk of having implants. So is, is you know, do you believe skiing is safe? You know, depends on the benefit. Yeah, anyway. Right, I'll I'll move off that. There you go. So that's so yes, I so I do still use implants despite the negative press. Press I do use implants, but if I can talk someone out of having implants, I will. If someone's borderline, if they're breast lift or breast lift with implants, borderline type, I'll be like, why don't you just have a lift and leave the implants off? Because implants can cause problems. No, no doubt about it. Never mind the terrible problems. They can cause rippling. You can feel the edges. You can get infection. There are sort of normal, much more normal things or much more common things that can be an, an issue. You know, there's no question about it. They can, they can cause issues. And so you have to go in with your eyes open. That's what I would say. Sorry, Tori, that was a long one. Have I missed the implant update? No, you haven't, Tori. That was it there, right there, girlfriend. Right, what have I missed here? God, oh, God, this is it. You know, there's only a few people in the country who can handle Instagram and Facebook at the same time, and I'm not one of them. But anyway, let's see how we get on. Uh, High-intensity training, okay. High-intensity training, right. Uh, what does your HB level need to be before surgery? Wow, Stacy, you're getting technical on me. Um, interesting question, that, Stacy. Um, to be honest with you, Stacey, well, first of all, it depends what surgery you're having, because a lot of surgery, to be honest with you, Stacey, I don't do, I wouldn't do a full blood count uh, for something like a full, uh, for something like a breast augmentation, I wouldn't do a full blood count, I wouldn't check your HB level. Now, some places do routinely do blood tests for these sorts of surgeries, but I don't want one. And if you are uh, uh, functioning, you know, if you are walking around and fit and healthy, that's fine. You are obviously capable of uh, of functioning sort of thing. And so I don't want to know what your HP level is. Um, however, if you've got a problem, and I'm, I'm guessing you got might have a problem with the fact that you're asking a question. So if you are anemic, and if you do suffer from anemia, then we've got to look at what is the cause of your anemia? Is there something we can do to optimize your situation to get your hemoglobin um optimized because what you're looking for and i've seen people and usually it's for people who are chronically ill i've seen people with very low hemoglobin levels who are coping very well you know hemoglobin, uh, hemoglobin level is seven or i think now they measure it as 70 but anyway that's pretty low you know it should be 13 15 sort of thing um so hemoglobin is a really low level but they're absolutely fine because they've had chronic low hemoglobin and they and they're coping very well Whereas you or I, if we went to a hemoglobin of seven, we'd be unconscious um, because we probably you know, had lost a lot of blood acutely, you know, suddenly. So the absolute level is not quite so important, but you probably want it over 10, I'm guessing. Um, it would be up to the anesthetist as well. For bigger operations like tummy tucks, breast reductions, where there might be a little bit of blood loss, dare I say, you'd probably be a bit more worried about it, a bit more wary about it. Um, but uh, that's why it's important to do a baseline hemoglobin, not only to see what your hemoglobin is, but to so we know post-op how much it's dropped 
because if you're running a hemoglobin 11 normally and it's you know and it's 11 afterwards or 10 afterwards and that's less of a worry whereas if you're 15 before and you went to 10 we'd be a bit more worried but um yeah so i haven't got a specific number stacy but if you are anemic we probably have to look into it and make sure you're optimized uh, and the main thing is are you symptomatic if you're symptomatic i'd be more worried if you get tired lethargic all the time um breathless then i'd be thinking hold on a minute is surgery right you're not optimized you're not in a good position for surgery um what's going on what's going on olivia question ask jj could one olivia like it what is the best and safest position to lie and sleep in after breast lift stroke implants and tummy tuck it's a right pain um most of this stuff uh, olivia your body will tell you um uh, the breast uh, not quite so much of a problem uh usually you suggest people wear a supportive bra for the for your breast some people say sit up um because of swelling i don't personally i don't tell people to sit up because i think sleeping is important and a lot of people can't sleep sitting up um the tummy tuck is probably the main one now when you're in the hospital you we sort of tend to break your bed which is put you sit you up and put pillows under your knees which you probably can't do when you're at home but what we what you would probably naturally do is get into the fetal position so lie on your side in the fetal position with your with your legs bent up just to take tension off your tummy so that's probably what i would say is um, the best position. The best position is the most comfortable position because you need to get a good night's sleep, really, don't you? So um, yeah, probably crouch, you know, crouched into a into a fetal position, lying on your side is where I would be with that. Um, is this another one? Question asked JJ. Yeah, okay. Question asked JJ. When will my boobs lower a bit? They look a bit like an alien on my body. Okay. Um, so Olivia, need a bit of context there. Did you have? um so I'm, I'm i'm thinking you've had surgery recently I'm thinking about surgery recently so i normally say to people things really start to settle about three months so they can be a bit full to start off with so about three months is where you get an idea where you're going to be but it can take 6 12 even 18 months for it to properly settle it can take a while olivia's on fire here what are the reasons for fluid drains in tummy tuck because there's a space there olivia there's quite a raw area and a raw space when we do the surgery and that raw area can ooze and that is what the drains do they take away that ooze vivian a underwood brilliant advice now instagram you can't see this but take my word for it brilliant advice is the surgery so important that you would suffer a complication for it question mark well there you go vivian if not don't do it don't do it yeah absolutely yeah so that's it you've got to you've got to be aware of the complications and if you think hold on a minute i don't want a hematoma i don't want an infection i don't want a wound breakdown i don't want a scar i mean some people say i mean a scar's not even a complication scars are definite oh i've got a question about that in my list about having to do something without a scar now, if you don't want a scar then that's fine you don't have to have a scar or a hematoma or an infection or any of these complications don't have the surgery it's a perfectly reasonable uh, a course of, of of treatment is sort of no treatment, if you like, in this sort of world. So yes, absolutely, Vivian. Amen, sister. Plastics isn't stupid. It totally affects your life, especially after weight loss with loose skin. Well, there you go. There's the other flip. Look at that. Two sides of the coin. Well, that's it, Olivia. And I think people don't realize that. I think people without any sort of problems, if you like, or without, you know, without, who don't sort of, who don't need it. Like people say, well, do you ever have plastic surgery? I'm always like, well, depends if i need it or not you know if i need it then i'd weigh up the pros and cons and make a decision but if i don't need it of course i wouldn't well it's ridiculous it's like saying would you have brain surgery well not if i don't need it no if i did need it then maybe 
if the if the benefits were outweighed by the risks same with anything stacy i was refused abroad with 114 for tummy tuck last week 114 is is sort of low i call that 11.4 but you know um who can say i don't know stacy the main thing is i would say is look you know what is it do you know what it is normally or there was that just i mean i think if you're asymptomatic i mean tummy tuck is a bigger operation stacy the problem, you know, the, the thing is, if they're going to refuse you, what are they going to suggest you do? Or do they suggest you go to GP and get investigated or what? But, yeah, I really don't know what the, what our anaesthetist would do with a, 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 a hemoglobin 114, whether they'd refuse you or not. But, you know, it, it is a bit on the low side. So you might need investigation for that, uh, Stacey, if you haven't already. Um, thank you. Well, thank you. Olivia, I had most most of my pain from my boobies. I've been sleeping very badly. Well, you do need to sleep properly. I think that is a big thing. I had surgery on Friday, boob lift, 200cc implants and TT. Nice, well, Friday's early days. Would you advise against going abroad for surgery? Um, I do, Stacey, yes, I do advise against going abroad for surgery. Um, um, I understand why people do it uh, and I you know I think it's quite clear that obviously it's a lot cheaper abroad for surgery but I do think if you can go close to home it is better um, you are going to have um, a surgeon more easily available um, for help and advice and it's a bit easier to tell in terms of the training and in terms of the um, uh, um, the levels that the clinic is operating under you know it's quite strict in the uk you've got this thing called the cqc the care quality commission which um, will ensure that everyone has process and protocols in place to you know deal with infection control and to do with train staff training and to do with complaint handling and all these things we are rev regulated and governed by a overseen by a body which if you're not happy with anything you can always go and say hey hold on a minute i'm not happy with that Whereas overseas, it's a bit more difficult to know whether these things are happening and whether the, whether you've got any comeback if you have any, you know, um, any com complaints or any concerns about how you've been treated. Um, and it's just a hassle. If you have a problem and you've, you know, got to go back abroad to have it fixed, it's a hassle. So, yeah, there's a few reasons. And if you want to know more reasons, Stacey, you're more than welcome. Oh, how long has that bit of the phone been there? you're more than welcome to have a copy of my book which is available from all good booksellers i don't think it is actually it's available from amazon but it's also available from never accept the lift from strangers.com my website and uh, well i say it's, it's 12.99 on amazon free on my website free if you want to come and pick it up if you don't want to come and pick it up we'll po post it to your door um for 3.95 postage i think it is Anyway, there you go. Kim, you'll be happy with that. Bit of a post from my book. Uh, but yeah. Olivia, today boob drains came out, but tummy drain has been left in till Saturday. Okay. Stacy, defo hun, not worth it. Oh, there you go. Your main problem abroad is the language barrier. It's very hard in hospital when the nurses don't speak English. Thank goodness for Google Translate. Yeah, well, that's another. Yeah, there you go. Um right what's kim up to kim is up to when surgeons use drains how long are they used for if only for a short time do you run the risk of filling up with whatever it is the drains are used for should it be longer the better 
Good question, Kim. So yes, absolutely. What is the drain used for? So Kim, brilliant book. Thank you, Kim. Um, so in my hands, because some people use drains for different lengths of time. So in my hands, I've got to be honest with you, Kim, we're moving away from drains just as a general thing. I still do use it for bigger breast reductions and tummy tucks. And they're used to their suction drains. So they're negative pressure, <laughs> sucking the skin skin fats together. And um, they're mainly used for blood, for, for, for uh, hematoma. So blood doesn't collect in that space. And so when you have a drain, I'm talking about tummy tuck really here, you'll see the first day or so it's blood, it's red. And that's what they use for to get the blood out. After the first day, it turns this clear yellowy fluid, uh, yellowy color, which is serous fluid, which is watery fluid. And that can come for a few days afterwards. That's wound fluid. And sometimes the presence of the drain can create irritation and create more seroma, more serous fluid to come. So I usually just use it for the um, for the blood. So I usually have it in for a day, uh, maybe two days, but I but I don't have it in by and large longer than that. Um, the shorter, the better, in my experience, because a drain has got a portal from the outside to the inside. So it is a potential portal for infection, particularly with breast implants, but don't really use them for breast implants anymore um, because we do worry about infection for that. But for any operation, it is a portal from the outside to the inside. So we, we don't really want to. So I don't in my again, in my uh, practice, no, the longer the better is not true. Um, I don't like them. I don't like them being in for too long and I don't like them at all. I don't like drains particularly, but I do think they serve a purpose. So I usually just have them in for a day or so after a tummy tuck would be my um, use of drains personally. But everyone's different. So I guess you've got to talk to your surgeon if they've got a different, um, a different you know, experience of that. Can you explain in more detail about the gap in tummy, please? The gap in tummy. Do you mean the divarification of the recti? Six-pack muscles, two six-pack muscles go straight back down, straight down tummy. And when you put on weight or have children, they can pull apart. Is that what you mean by the gap? That's the, what's called divarification of the recti or diastasis recti. Um, and, and when you do a tummy tuck, you bring them back together again. Uh, and that can cause a bit of pain above the, above the belly button. Is that what you mean by the gap, Olivia? Um, Oh, Flowers and Capri have joined. Pronto. Ciao. Bella. Ciao. Come stai? Gastric Fantastic Seelys joined. What's happened to Facebook? Um, that needs draining. Oh, the gap that needs draining. No, it's not a gap. It, it, you know, it's a space because when you do a tummy tuck, you take all the tissue from the belly button down to your pubic area. All that goes. Now, if you just imagine that, you can't close the skin if you just cut that out. So you have to undermine all the way up to your rib cage. You have to undermine all the tissue up to your rib cage. And that creates a space and that allows you to pull that skin flat down. So that's the space where you drain. That's what you drain. So um, that's the gap. It's not really a gap, it's a space. Vivia. Who did you usually admire? Olivia, are you a family member who's come on to uh, put good things? Hugely admire your ability. I'm not making this up, Instagram. You can go on Facebook and see this yourself. This has been written by a real person. Hugely admire your ability to remain completely professional, impartial, and available for free. That's right, guys. I'm not charging you. You're not going to get a bill. Don't worry. Um, for questions, almost every Tuesday evening, questioning session, inspirational and down to earth. Thank you. Just end it there, I think. 
says it all. Thanks, Vivian. About time I got a bit of um, bit of recognition. Huh? That's what we're talking about. Just going to leave that on the screen for a bit. Take a screenshot, guys. Have a good read of that. Um, is there a thing called Baxter's glue where you don't need drains? Um, I don't think it's called Baxter's glue. Baxter's glue sounds like um, sounds like something you get from the butcher. Um, there is a thing called Tisseal, which is tissue glue, and I think it's made by Baxter. So I think that might be where you're talking about. But it's called Tisseal. Well, I'm, I'm sure actually other types of glue are available. So I don't want to make. But there is a fibrin glue. Should we just say it's fibrin glue? That's what it is. It's fibrin. Some would say fibrin. I say fibrin. But anyway. Um, yes, there is, Stacey. There is glue when you don't need drains, indeed. So you, you, some people put glue into that space and avoid the need for drains. Um, I don't, but it is a, uh, a way of doing it. It's a definitely a way of doing it, um, using the fibrin, fibrin glue. That's an, uh, a perfectly acceptable way, and it would avoid the use of drains. So um, Olivia, finally, I didn't have muscle repair. Well, that's good. That's good. It'd be less painful without muscle repair. Uh, uh, Stacy also does having a tummy tuck give your thighs a slight, slight uplift. Thank you so much for answering all these questions. No, well, you're welcome. Second part of the question first, and no, again, in my experience, no. The the tummy tuck, the whole point of the tummy tuck, well, not the whole point of the tummy tuck, but one point of the tummy tuck. If you can get your head around this, uh, Stacy, you, you're cutting out a bigger lips of skin. You're going from your pubic area to your uh, to above your belly button and you're taking all that skin out when you stitch it up if you stitch it up if it was a normal a normal piece of skin if you cut out a normal ellipse of skin and stitch it up the scar ends up halfway between the two which would mean the scar would end up halfway in your abdomen and would look ridiculous and we want the scar to be down we want the scar to be in your pubic area so we want your pubic area to be anchored and therefore we undermine up north like this is a gap that olivia is talking about we undermine up north all the way up to your rib cage and then pull the upper skin flap down to meet the lower skin flap we want the lower skin flap to stay where it is we don't want to undermine south from the lower skin flap because that will make the scar drift up so that lower skin flap's anchored. So the upper skin flap is pulled down to, 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 to contour the abdomen. So we don't want any pull coming from the thigh. So we won't be, uh, so it doesn't affect your thigh, basically. It doesn't give your thigh a slight lift. I'm sorry, I know you, the way you've said it, you're hoping it's going to give a bit of a thigh lift, but it doesn't really do anything to your thigh. So I, again, a lot of this surgery is about going in with realistic expect expectations. And I think if you're expecting something to happen to your thigh, I would be like, I don't think it will, Stacey, sorry. Your thigh is, because we want that to be anchored in the lower in the lower part. We want that lower part to be anchored and the upper part to be pulled down. So we don't have any pull south. There's no southward pull. It's all north down, no south up. Makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you. I think I need a whiteboard. Um, um, Laura Leanne Malay, Malay, Malady. Yes, Malady. How long do you recommend sleeping on your back after a breast augmentation? I'm dying to sleep on my side. I'm two weeks post-op today and just wondering how advice differs between surgeons. Well, this is it, Malady, because unless you've changed your name, Malady, I don't believe you're my patient. So this is where I've got to be a bit careful, my lady, because I don't really want to be telling you stuff that then you go and act on and then it all goes horribly wrong. And then you go and say, this guy on the Internet told me to do this. 
So do what your surgeon says, my lady, because we have all got our own experience. And that is the problem with plastic surgery. I'm not sure if problem is the right word, but that is the thing about plastic surgery. You'll find a lot of us, they'd say it's an art more than a science is a sort of nice way of putting it. But we all have our nuances. We all have our little ways of doing things. Some people leave drains in for ages. Some people don't use drains at all. Some, things, some people have drains in for a day. You know, some people say, for God's sake, don't lie on your side or you've got to sit sleep upright and you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Other people say, no, 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 you've got to do that. And, you know, the other. So talk. I would do what your surgeon says, lady. I don't want to tell you stuff that that, that is against your surgeon. In, in my practice for breast augmentation, I believe a good night's sleep is more important than the swelling thing. So I give people a post-op bra to wear. They wear the bra day and night for a month. And I don't tell them anything about sleeping. I give them no advice about sleeping. I don't say you've got to sleep this way or that way or anything. I don't say anything about it. Sometimes people come to me after operations and say, when can I start sleeping you know, flat? Or when can I start sleeping on my side? I'm like, well, when did I say you couldn't? And it's because the nurse has told them they've got to sleep with your head up and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, well, that wasn't, you know, that's not me. I don't tell them anything. I say sleep whichever way you want to sleep. I think it's going to be uncomfortable to sleep on your front, obviously, because you just have breast augmentation. Your body won't let you sleep on your front. It will be really uncomfortable. But I let people sleep on the side straight off the bat. I don't tell them to sleep up. They People tell them to sit up because it helps with swelling. That's a fact. It does help with swelling. No question about it. Gravity is on your side if you're sleeping up. But if you can't sleep, I think that's bad. And I think it's more important to be able to sleep than to worry about the swelling. So I, um, you know, but as you say, it's different between surgeons. So do what your surgeon says. Don't listen to me, Laura. Don't listen to me. Do what your surgeon says. Vivian Underwood, agree he's amazing. Instagram, I'm not making this up. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a wave of support coming from Facebook. Um, I was stuck between him and CC Cat for my surgery. I ultimately went with CC Cat. Oh, mainly with, oh, okay. Mainly due to her being female and being available sooner. Oh, right. It's getting, okay. Sorry, JJ, but it was such a hard decision. I love him. His personality is amazing also. And he has spoken highly of at Cat and Co. Well, they, well, there you go. Well, okay. Well, Charlotte almost had surgery with me, but you know, that's good. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks for your vote of confidence. Any votes of confidence are gratefully received. And um, that's great, Charlotte. And I'm very pleased to hear that. Thank you. And I hope all's gone well. Um, <laughs> um, Olivia, is it normal for back pain during the hunched off period following tummy tuck? And is a week about right to be able to straighten up? Yes and yes, it is normal for back pain um, because you're hunched over and you know, oh, my back hurts and it's really uncomfortable and it's a bit of a pain. And uh, I'd say a week to two weeks, Olivia, depends on how tight it was. Some people are OK at a week. Sometimes it takes longer. But, yeah, it does hurt your back and it will get better over time. Uh, Laura says, thank you. Thank you, Laura, for asking the question. I may have a little try sleeping on my side tonight. Well, not, not if they haven't told you to, Olivia. Don't do it because I said, oh, my God. Uh, I don't charge either. My private journey, you are my first choice. That's what we need. <laughs> right. Yeah, none of these others. The others went with someone else because they, what was it? Her being female and available sooner. What kind of reason is that, eh? Honestly. <laughs> Just because he's female and available sooner. I can, I've got a female side and I can try and be available, you know. Anyway, hey ho. What can you do? You can't win them all. Can't win them all. 
Right. Uh, what's going on here, Stacy? This has been so helpful to me. What is the real difference between mini and full tummy tuck? Look at that. Questions coming thick and fast. That's a good one, Stacy. <coughs> the main difference between a mini and a full tummy tuck is that a mini tummy tuck has a shorter scar than a full tummy tuck. A full tummy tuck goes from hip to hip. A mini is a bit longer than your cesarean scar. I'll say yours. Is, I don't even know if you've got a cesarean scar. But if you have got a cesarean scar, it's a bit longer than that. Um, whereas a full is hip to hip. Also, a full tummy tuck uh, is a scar around the belly button. There is no scar around the belly button with a mini tummy tuck. So a mini tummy tuck is less scarry. But a mini tummy tuck really only addresses the, 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 an excess of skin above your pubic area. So again, if you've got a cesarean scar, bulge above the cesarean scar, mini tummy tuck's good at that, fixes that. That's good. Can pull your belly down, belly button down a little bit. Um, so your belly button can look a bit stretched down, but it's really good for that. A full tummy tuck is a bigger operation bigger scar uh you go above the belly button with a full tummy tuck which you don't with a mini tummy tuck so you can repair those uh, muscles if they are splayed apart which you can't really do with a mini tummy tuck uh, and you get a more comprehensive com uh, contouring of the whole abdomen with a full tummy tuck but it's more expensive there's more uh, traumatic um more risks more scarring you know uh more you're more bent over the recovery's longer so it's a bigger operation with more skin removed, more of an effect, but more of a downtime and sort of risks of complications, etc. So it depends on how much contouring you need slash want of your abdomen. If you want more contouring, then a full tummy tuck will give you more. If you just got a little bulge above your cesarean, then maybe a full tummy tuck would be the one to go for. Olivia, your should you should start doing butt lifts, not Brazilian. I still need that. Not interested, Olivia. Not interested. Um, it's like faces, you know, Botox, fillers. There's those are things people say I should do, but I don't really. I'm not interested in in, in doing butt lifts. Um, I think post-op recovery is tricky. And again, it's a bit like noses. Go with someone who knows what they're doing. Nose. No pun intended. Um Sorry, JJ, that's might be a compliment. Believe me, I'm obsessive. I did so much research on both of you. I know it was, Charlotte. I know it was. It was just when I read it out live on TV. It was. It, I thought it started off well, but <laughs> it was a compliment, Charlotte. And I am. And I. And I totally. And I say to people, I say this to people in the clinic. I think it is absolutely fine to go and look at other surgeons. And sometimes one will resonate more with you, or be female, or be available soon, or whatever. And that is absolutely fine. We all know and CC or with all the other surgeons in the area, we all know that some people will resonate with them and some people resonate with me. And, you know, it's absolutely fine. And it's, and it's, and it's fine. And it was taken as a compliment. So thank you very much. I did take it as a compliment. Um, they didn't talk to me about sleeping positions. Well, there you go. Well, sleep, whatever's comfortable then. Sleep, however you're comfortable. That's where I'm going. Um, right. Have we still got any questions to do? God, this is, um, now where are they? Oh, here we go. What consultation? Oh, yeah, here we go. What consultation would you recommend? As I can see, there are four options. Um, so this person has tried to book an appointment online, and I believe I'm right in saying that it's going to say virtual consultation with me, virtual consultation with Kurum. Oh, no, it won't say that won't be that won't be two because we're both the same, I think. And then there's full consultation with me, full consultation with Kurum. So there should only be three. Is there four? Anyway. Maybe there's, maybe, anyway. 
So that's a good question. So basically what we're doing now, because of all the corona and all the distancing and, and what have you, and lockdowns, etc., we're doing the virtual consultations. So the virtual consultations is like this. So uh, they, they're charged for, they're £35. If you don't want to pay, that's absolutely fine. Just come on Facebook Live on a Tuesday night and we'll do it for free. Um, so that's absolutely fine. We can do it for free on Facebook Live. But um, they're, what they're, they're, they're like this, where we have a chat and I can share my screen with you if you want to see some photos or something. But it's just really a chat, really. Um, and then the full consultation, which can also be virtual. That's confusing, isn't it? So the full consultation... Um, if you're going to have surgery, certainly if you have the bigger surgery, like a tummy tuck or a breast surgery or something like that, I'm going to have to examine you in the clinic for a full consultation, which will be done um, at, the, at the clinic. And we are doing consultations at the clinic. And I'll examine you and see what's what. If you're having implants, we can do sizes, etc. So that's a full consultation. So that's paid for. You can have a full virtual consultation uh, where, again, it's paid for. And we do the slide, a full slide share. And we do a full full. Um, talk in depth about what what's involved and that involved that includes a free in-person consultation as well crikey i haven't explained this question very well have i um can we do it again so what was the question what is a full recommend yeah so basically you got a sort of a chat or a full consultation the chat is always virtual the full consultations is virtual but can be in person I'm really sorry, I didn't explain that very well, but that's what it is. Can I just gloss over it? Um, I'm just gonna gloss over because Olivia's asked a question. You're amazing, JJ. It was only availability that made me go abroad and in patients. There you go. More people <laughs> who I haven't operated on. Uh, that's what we want, bit of positivity. Um, Vivian, can you do Q&A on weight loss, age, skin, surgery soon? Different things to consider for different ages. Oh my God. Vivian, I do it every week. Can you be a bit more specific? Weight loss slash age slash skin slash surgery. Different things to consider for different ages. I don't know, Vivian. All right. I'll give it to Megan to see if she can frame some questions around it. I like questions. Speaking of which, have I done all my questions on Instagram? No, I haven't. What's this? How can I use this voice? Very good. Ah, the voice. Um it was on you i don't know you have to do it on um when you do an instagram post there was a little thing that was like all the masks and one of them was a voice crikey i'm not an expert but it was a yeah that's how you do it you go to a, you do an instagram uh post no story you have to go into not story is it stories or post the 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 one that doesn't last long not the one in the feed is that called a story yeah that's called a story so you do an instagram story then you can do the voice and then you can post it on the feed. Instagram tutorial 101. Yeah. So you have to do it as a story. Then you've got the options to do the voices and stuff. And then you can post it on your feed. Okay. Any more Instagram questions about how to do the ins and outs? That is all my questions on Instagram, which is absolutely fantastic for that. Um, hold on a minute. Skin then. <laughs> all right. Then skin then. Do it as, uh, yeah, QA skin at different ages. Okay. Um, Charlotte Chanel, the money you pay, the more in depth the consultation will be. If you are set on him being your surgeon, just pay for the full one. Ye heard, Charlotte, just pay for the full one, guys. Do research first and decide on a few surgeons, then pay for the consultation whom you think you're more likely to go with. That's what I did. 
yeah she went with cc cat but still you know whatever but anyway yes okay guys that's the message from charlotte so just pay for the full one yeah well you could do that but uh yeah okay thank you for that charlotte um where's my questions here we go is scar management included in the aftercare uh yeah yeah so um then, uh, yeah, I mean, the aftercare is, uh, as I said earlier, I feel a bit bad saying earlier, we charge for everything that made it sound bad. You know, we don't charge for the aftercare. So in terms of following up patients, we don't charge. And to be honest with you, to be quite honest with you, scar management, usually in my practice anyway, it revolves around massage, moisturizer, massage, nothing special. Uh, we do sell moisturizer, but any sort of moisturizer will do. You don't, you know, just a moisturizer that you use on your body to massage your scars and time. That is the best thing. Moisturize, massage, time, good diet, don't smoke, avoid sun exposure. These are all things that you can help your skin. Here we go. There we go. Uh, Vivian, things for your skin. Yeah. Uh, keep well hydrated, balanced diet, uh, avoid sun, don't smoke. Um, but um so that is that is scar management in a nutshell. I mean, we do have um products if you have a problem scar if you have like a red lumpy scar a hypertrophic slash keloid scar and you would have to pay for those products but hardly anyone needs them um so scar management or scar care we will talk to you about it i will talk to you about it vicky the nurse will talk to you about it and that is all part of it part all part of the service stacy if i was to send a photo would you be able to tell by that if i need a mini or full sort of stacy sort of um but i'd really need to have to talk to you about you know i get yeah i, mean, I guess i'd have a be, be able to say because some people can't have a full if you haven't got a lot of skin there you can't have a full so i guess i could say look i think you can't have a full so maybe a mini is all you can have but if you could have a full then i'd have to have a discussion with you about what you want to get out of it and you know show you some photos of of fulls and minis you could have a bash, Stacey. You could have a bash. Send me a photo and I'll have a, I'll have a go. But I can't be too specific to tell you, oh, you need a full or you need a mini. It really needs a discussion with the patient as to how much, you know, scarring they're willing to put up with versus how much of a result they want sort of thing. More money. Vivian, I always advise my friends to lose weight when excessive, as young as they can. Otherwise, skin doesn't ping back. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Vivian. That is the problem. The longer you are overweight and the older you are, um, the, the the more your skin loses its elasticity and the less likely it is to um, to ping back, as you say. So uh, absolutely, Vivian, good advice. Charlotte, love you. JJ, love you. Charlotte, love you too. Thanks for your, thanks for your um, positivity and your kind words, even though, you know, anyway. But yeah, thank you very much. Uh, um, right what's going on is uh i don't oh here we go i didn't want any visible scarring so you know if there are other ways to have a lift and implant without the scarring lollipop effect um well what were we talking about earlier something about this no no i don't know of any ways to have a lift and implant without the scarring no now, well, yes, I suppose there are, having said no. 
I mean, you can do less scarring. So in my hands, if you're having a lift in implants, the minimum scarring is the lollipop. It's the minimum. You can do it circumareola. You can just have a scar around the areola. I've got to be honest with you. I wouldn't say it's not visible scarring. You can see that scar around the areola because it's on the areola. It's on the front. Um, the, when you just have implants, you have a scar under there. And that can, once it's settled, can be pretty hard to see. But um, once you get into the lift arena, you're lifting the nipple. That's the problem. So the scarring has to be around the nipple. So I've got to be honest, the scarring is visible. Now, the hope is it will fade and it will fade well. Um, and for me, the scarring of the lollipop is better than the circumareola. The circumareola, you're so stitching a big circle into a small circle. And it's often cinched up and rucked up. Um, whereas when you do the lollipop, you're bringing that rucking up down into that vertical scar. And often you get a little, bu little bump at the bottom, little dog ear at the bottom. And I'll convert it into a short T because that scar is hidden. Um, so yeah, it's a bit like earlier when we were saying about complications and risks, and if you don't want risks, don't have surgery. It's the same with the scarring. You know, I'll show you photos of scarring. You might say, God, I don't want scarring like that. Well, that's fine. Then don't have a lift. But a lift is a good, you know, no one wants a lift. A lot of people say, I don't want a lift. I'm like, no one wants a lift. If they could get the same result without the scarring, they'd have it. They want the result. So the question is, how much do you want the result? And if you don't want the result, you know, if you don't, if the scarring is worse, you don't, I certainly don't want to cure one problem. Haven't I done a great job on making your breasts a better shape? And you're like, well, look at all this scarring all over the place. I'm not happy with that. So I haven't done a good job then. If, if you're not happy with the scar, if you, if you don't, haven't realized that the scarring is going to be there. So, you know, it's about being, a, realizing that you have to have scarring if you're going to have a lift and it's, and let's face it, it's going to be visible. I say that it's hidden in a bra because it's just on the nipple. But if you take your bra off, if you can see the nipple, there's scarring around there. And as I say, for me, the minimum is the lollipop is the scarring down and, and along. Um, oh, look, Kazia's here. Ask JJ. Kazia, well done. I think Olivia tried a couple of Ask JJs, but it's been very half-hearted this evening. We needed a bit of Ask JJ here. Thank you for that. Uh, we need to remind them, Kazia, because God knows, look, there's been all these non-Ask JJ hashtags. We're going to... Anyway, thank you for that. Um, well, I'm out. So, yes, you cannot have a breast lift without visible scarring in my book. God, if you could, I, I would be doing it all the time. Oh, here we go. Stacy, it's everyone's personal choice. I'm sick of hearing there's nothing on you. You don't need it, but there's not the ones not being able to wear a bikini. Absolutely, Stacy. I get that a lot. People say, my friends say, you don't need it. You look fantastic. You're beautiful as you are, et cetera, et cetera. But it's up to the person, you know, it's up to the individual. We can't say you look okay. All I can, and, and Stacey, were you asking about the mini and the full? Yes, you were. And it's the same with the mini and the full. I can't say you need a mini or a full because you don't need anything. You're fine as you are. You are fine as you are. You don't need anything. And it's a question of what you want and what you want to achieve as to whether the mini or the full. So I, I'm limited as what I can say to you if you send a photo. I will, if you really haven't got much there, I might say, look, I think I might struggle to do a full. Although there's no there's no substitute from actually examining you and feeling the, feeling the skin laxity. You really need to get a feel of that skin laxity to see whether you can do a full tummy tuck. But really on people who've just got a little bit of fullness above the, uh, above the pubic area, then a, a mini might be the way to go. But if there is more there, 
then it's really you know a discussion as to what you're trying to achieve because there's a, there's everything from a full tummy tuck to nothing with a mini in between and you know all a there's good and bad about all of those options and it's a question of you i can't tell you which option to choose sort of thing make that clear of it spiritual tonight another week done hashtag ask jj if anyone's got any questions please instagram me facebook me or do whatever you want email or whatever i'd be very happy to uh talk about it next week and i know i've got to talk about uh aging skin weight loss stroke slope age stress skin surgery hmm. um stacy you've been helpful thank you so much thank you for your question stacy couldn't do it without you it's you the people it's you the great members of the british public that keep this this q a going you know that i couldn't do it without my fans and my support <laughs> supporters couldn't do it without you guys jackie you've been keeping quiet thank you uh jackie don't tell me jackie you've been in all the time for goodness sake have you not got something better to do come on Come on, get yourself on the, you know, surely antique road trips on or something. Um, right. Thank you, Kim. Uh, so I'm going to check out here. I suggest you do likewise. And I'll see you same time, same place. Hashtag Ask JJ Tuesday night. Checking myself out. Three, two, one. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.